the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, it's amazing how Old and New Testaments complement each other. And uh, we are in Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs 7 today. And, you know, when I read Proverbs 7, it reminds me of a scripture that I had seen in 2 Timothy 3 about uh, illicit, immoral activities where people creep into houses. And then it says in Proverbs 7, 6, about uh, looking out the window through the lattice and uh, we'll get to that passage about some immoral activity from house to house. But Proverbs chapter 7, we invite you to turn there. Alex McFarland here, along with Bert Harper. And we're going to look at the Word of God from this Old Testament book, the Book of Wisdom, known as Proverbs. Plus, we'll get to Bible questions. Bert, uh, a lot going on. And we've had preborn last week, and then we talked with uh, Hannah's heart. Uh, isn't it good that the Word of God is timeless? It's always relevant for every generation, applicable to our lives. And so what a blessing it is to delve down deeply into the Word of God and make sure that our lives are aligned with God's revealed truth. That's important, isn't it? Very important. And let me say a word about preborn. Uh, we had a goal of 4,000. Uh, you know, providers of these ultrasounds, and we matched that and went over. So we're wow. celebrating today, Amen. thanking God for for all He has done. And again, in preborn, it's not just saving that baby; it's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And they can and do both. So we praise the Lord for that partnership, and yes. ask God to bless uh, everyone who participated. But Alex, speaking of that, in Preborn chapter 7, it starts out, again, the way several of the earlier uh, Proverbs did, chapters, and it's keeping the Word of God. And then if you keep the Word of God, the rest of that, you'll be an overcomer rather than a victim. And so Mm -hmm. listen to this in verse 1 and 2. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. That's an important word, treasure, not just, okay, but treasure them. Keep my commands and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, Alex, again, what beautiful language Solomon is writing here. It's it's very eloquent in what he is saying, uh, but I could not help but notice the word treasure. We're to treasure the word of God. Uh, it's it's more than just instruction. It's more than commands. It is life itself, and I think it also carries on about the apple of your eye. Uh, they always talked about the pupil. They thought it was shaped like an apple, similar to that. And and again, that's how special we are to God, and that's how special God's word should be to us as followers of Christ. Well, Amen, Amen. When you see these words like treasure it within you, keep the commands, bind them on your fingers, write them on your heart, uh, call out and embrace wisdom. These verbs, it's what we do with the truth that we've been given. See, you know, uh, the Bible talks in Psalm 19 about the line of truth has gone everywhere. God's revelation, like the sun goes across the sky and the whole world is touched by the heat of the sun. Well, Bert, the whole human race has been impacted by God's revelation. The question is not, has God revealed himself? The question is, what are we going to do with it? We are to treasure it and store it up in our heart and our soul, just like we would treasure up food in the cupboard or put our money in the bank for safekeeping. We're to, we're to, store up that truth that God has shown us. We we really are. And verses 4 and 5 says, say to wisdom. Now, here, here it is. Before he talks about this immoral woman, before it talks about a young man looking for trouble, we're going to talk about that. In place of him staying away from temptation, he walked into temptation. And it says, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words. 
Again, wisdom, understanding, and all thy getting, get get wisdom, yes. get understanding, and it will equip you for life, but it'll also equip you in order to what, what uh, I would say, what path to take in your life, because we're about to talk about and uh, read about a young man that goes the wrong path, and when you go the wrong path, what can you expect? more temptation. There's enough temptation out there without taking it and and bringing it on yourself, Alex. And so here it is. This young man is bringing it on himself and setting himself up for failure. And mm-hmm. and and he says the Solomon says, "Don't go that way. Bind this wisdom, the commands on your on your high, on your heart, bind put them on your finger, hide them in your heart." treasure them, and then you will be wiser than all of those around you. The Word of God is able to do that for us, isn't it? Well, it really is. And verse 5 says that this truth of God is to keep us from the immoral woman and from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, there are immoral women and there are immoral men. The word there uh, that's translated seductress, oddly enough, is the word for foreign. You know, uh, earlier on it had said, uh, why would you, you know, take the strange woman? In other words, the person that you're not married to. Uh, And this, uh, men with their wives, wives with their husbands. Uh, Bert, um, (laughs) when we, uh, I love in marriage ceremonies, and I've done many, I'm sure you have, but it says, uh, you know, do you take this man, do you take this woman? And there's this phrase that we always do whenever I've done a marriage, forsaking all others. Do you remember that line? Yes, yes. That, keeping, that, keeping yourself only unto your spouse. That's it. That's, that's it, right. Alex. And, and it goes on, and you'll see um, in, like, verse 10, uh, a woman met this man with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. So when it's talking about words like harlot, uh, immoral, seductress, strange, it's talking about uh, the prohibition against adultery. And it goes on and it talks about, you know, the pathway to death and the, listen, if you you, you want the pathway to the poorhouse, if not the cemetery, just live immorally. that, that's a road that'll take you to some undesirable destinations, isn't it? It really will. And I notice I said this young man is making bad choices even before this. Listen to these words, especially in verse 9. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, he is going out at a time when he should not be. In verse 8, going backward, he says, passing along the street near her corner, he took the path to her house. He took the path. Uh, he's looking for something in all the wrong places, as we've heard that. Now, why is that? Look at verse 7. He, he And saw among the simple, a perceived among the youth. Now, listen, a young man devoid of understanding, lacking understanding. And so keep yourself, wise, on that path that leads to righteousness in the light not in darkness. So this young man is going out, and there's a, if you make those kind of choices, female or male, when you make those kind of choices to go into areas that would be better not to go in, especially alone without someone to be beside you that agrees with you, you're trying to overcome some things, you're, you're doing that for helping for others, uh, but it's unwise by yourself at the timing. So what's the wrong The location is wrong, and the timing is wrong for this young man, Alex. Amen. Well, you know, it goes on. We're in Proverbs 7, if you're just tuning in, exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. We're going to get to calls and questions here in a while, and the number, if you want to get get the the jump and be first in line on the call board, it's 888-589-8840. But it goes on, and it talks about... um, come and let's let's spend the night together because my husband is not home. He's gone on a long journey. This is the promise of the immoral woman. Now, from yesterday in verse 34 of Proverbs 6, it says, a husband's jealousy is like a fury. Now, the, the immoral woman says, hey, he's out of town. He won't be back to a, a certain time. Don't worry. Uh, Bert, I'm going to tell you, um, <laughs> 
I'm from the South, and they'll they'll I've heard people say, you know, so and so was running around, and uh, he died of lead poisoning. And that's like when the husband that wasn't expected came home and found the people. Uh, and but I want to go back to uh, verse uh, thirteen. Because there's, in my translation, it, it says that the immoral woman who caught the young man kissed him with an impudent face and said to him, now it's interesting, does, does your translation It says that the word? very same thing, yeah, new, the new King James, King James doesn't change there. Yeah, and th- that word impudent means a couple of things. For one, it means brazen, B-R-A-Z-E-N, just um, bold about luring somebody into sin, but it also means insistent. And there's a contrast here. If you've got something that is insistently, um, you know, pursuing you, you're going to have to be stronger than that to prevail over it. Now, Bert, um, men that are committed to live a holy life, when, look, the attire of a harlot revealing uh, persuasion, persistent... If you're—it's like Coach Tom Landry. I've told this story, but I had the privilege of having dinner with Coach Landry in, I think it was 1996 or 97, when we brought him to Greensboro. And somebody asked Coach Landry, said, I guess you've seen a lot of men become great out there on that football field. And Coach Landry, and it was profound, he said, men don't become great in the middle of a football game. If they're great, it's because of the preparation before the contest. And what a, now, what a statement. Comment like, on yeah, that. That is so true. Now, I want to contrast chapter 6 and chapter 7. Chapter 6 dwelt on the man who was married. You know, it says, yeah. you know, about who you are, the wife of your youth. Chapter 7 dwells on the single man, the young man. Mm-hmm. And so, but guess what? Faithfulness and that uh, being pure was good for both. It's not either or just because you're single doesn't give you the right to be immoral. And and we listen, this is what Proverbs is, 6 and 7. They cover both of those. And one thing I'd like to say about this woman real quick before we go to the first break, notice what she says in 14. I have peace offerings with me. Today I paid my vows. Sounds like she had gone to, with her husband uh, to make a sacrifice at the temple, quote, and that yeah. okay listen that's religion Amazing. that's Amazing. not a relationship with Christ a relationship with Christ you want to please him we're going to be back with more of Proverbs 7 right after the break if you are 65 or older you know this watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating but here's some great News, if you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MetaShare 65 Plus. MetaShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other too. MetaShare 65 Plus is a low cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. It's a lot easier to steer a car when it's moving. Dr. Tony Yavin says the same is true for people. He'll tell us more about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. We have on the rooms over here motion detector lighting. A lot of folks were leaving the electricity on, bills were getting high. So we put in some motion detector lighting in some of the rooms, which means when you walk in the room, the light comes on. When you walk out of the room, the light goes off because we didn't want to waste electricity with people not using the room and leaving the lights on. So we put in motion detector lighting. Now the lights are in the room, the power is in the room, but they have been programmed not to express themselves until movement is detected. God's got a program 
and his power is there. His light is there, but it's been programmed not to manifest itself until he sees some motion. That's why all throughout the Bible, before God would do something supernatural, he would tell the people to do something first. He would tell them, no, uh-uh, no, Moses, you hold out the rod. Uh, Moses, you tell the people to, to start marching toward the Red Sea. Joshua, you tell the priests to put their feet in the Jordan River. Martha, you better move the stone first because you're not going to see nothing until I see some motion. So if you're serious about fearing God, if I am serious about fearing God, if we are serious about fearing God, it's got to be movement, not discussion alone. If you're ready to make some forward motion in the way you manage your life and resources, Tony can help. Check out his CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Psalm 14, verse 2. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you. We're in Proverbs 7, but we're going to take just a moment. Not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I know on our, our headline news that we have at the top of the hour, they've been commenting about Andy Stanley and some a sermon and a paragraph from a message. And uh, they, we, I don't think it can be taken out of context. There's no way you could set what he set up to make it right. And he was talking about clobber passages in the Bible that has to do with homosexual activity and saying that if we uh, we need to be more like them in our zealous for serving the Lord as they are zealous because they come to church to worship because they love Jesus, and uh, they come knowing they're going to be beat up or beat, and I don't mean that literally with fists, but through the Word of God. And he said uh, we need to be more like that rather than using the clobber verses against them. Alex, those clobber verses is Leviticus, Romans, First uh, Corinthians. Uh, what? I, here's the question I'd say: What? What are? What are you doing with those verses? Do yeah. you ignore them? How, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you know, the Bible uh, addresses so many, many sins. Uh, there's sin in general that we're fallen, and apart from the new birth in Jesus, we're lost. It doesn't matter if you're a good sinner or a bad sinner, because there's no such thing. We're sinners separated from God. Uh, and, you know, it's like C.S. Lewis said, Bert, um, that man, it, Lewis said this, quote, man is not a slightly imperfect creature that needs a little bit of improvement. Man is a rebel that must lay down his arms, that the human race and we individually have committed treason against the Most High God. Now, Bert, let, let me just say, and, and you know, you and I, we we like never, never on this show hardly ever name any names except in a positive way. We talk about how we, you know, love Adrian Rogers or Vance Havner or different ones. And so we really try to be very, very charitable. But I've got to say that uh, Andy Stanley is not doing, in my opinion, he is not doing the job of what a pastor is supposed to do, and that is to win the lost and feed the sheep. Uh, look, um, <laughs> the Bible is clear, and you can say, oh, well, this or that scripture is a clobber passage, but God only has to say something once for it to be true, and yet in a dozen places the Word of God affirms heterosexual monogamy, uh, it condemns homosexual activity. One last thing I want to say, though, Bert. Um, over and over, uh, Andy Stanley talks about making people feel comfortable and not making people feel uncomfortable. But in my experience of uh, my own salvation, and then I've had the privilege of preaching in over 2,000 different churches, 
I've never had lost sinners say, I went to church because it made me feel comfortable. People tell me, I went to church because I was trying to ha- find out how to get right with God. Amen. Amen. And, and that is yeah. so true, Alex. And listen, that they, yes, come and hear, but preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, that's what Paul did. He said, preach the whole counsel of God. Jesus talked about uh, preaching or teaching from the whole counsel of God. And so we don't pick and choose what what Andy Stanley, and again, I'm, I, we, I don't enjoy doing this, what we're doing right now. I, I admit that. I, I'm, I don't have that, oh, I want to set them straight. Uh, listen, what he's done has really uh, ignored the Word of God, and he's yeah. picking and choosing. I, I want to do my best, and here on Exploring the Word, when I'm preaching anywhere, uh, I don't want to pick and choose. Do I have some that mean more to me? Yes, but those scriptures that identify me as a sinner, all is sin and come short of the glory of God, man, that clobbers me right between the eyes, yeah. whether it's pride or, or whatever it might be. We must deal with our sin, and to justify sin, justifying this sin is is what this community is trying to do, this woke community. Yeah. So, Andy, and we, we're praying that you would reconsider that if if uh, anybody's that's close to Andy Stanley and would say, I think you need to reconsider what you just said and see uh, what God says about it. Amen. Amen. Well said. I mean, our, our job is to try for God's glory to keep sinners out of hell. Amen. Amen. The Great Commission doesn't say go into all the world and make people comfortable. It says tell them how they can know the true and living God and, and be set free. Well, we're in Proverbs chapter 7, and Bert, you did such a good job pointing out that, you know, Proverbs 6 was in general talking to a married person, Proverbs 7, the single man. But uh, it, it goes on and it talks about how uh, the, the seductress makes her case. Uh, hey, I've been to the temple, paid my vows, so I came out to meet you, verse 15, diligently to seek your face. I've found you, I've uh, prepared my bed, perfumed it, my husband is not home, verse 19. He's gone on a long journey. Now, let, just think about this for a second. My husband's out of town, says verse 19. He's taken a bag of money with him. He'll come home at the appointed day. Uh, here's the thing. If I'm going to trust an immoral uh, harlot on, uh, hey, let's go have a an illicit meeting, why should I trust what she says about when her husband is gone? And if her husband's successful and smart, maybe he told her, hey, I'll be back on Friday, but he's going to show up on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, and, and it goes on, and I want you to comment on this. Verse 22, the man goes after her as an ox to the slaughterhouse. Yep. And Bert, this scenario has played out in many a life, hasn't it? It really has. Notice, we, we cease to be guided by what God made us in his image, moral, moral creatures to make wise choices. And they become nothing more than their animal instincts and just live in that way. Notice the ox that's talked about here in verse 22 and the bird that hastens to the snare in verse 23 in place of being a man that a person should be. This is any man. And then if you're a believer and you let these things come into your life, you, uh, you know, but this man is doing this, setting himself up. This man, because he went out at the time of the day he went, he went, the place, the location he went, he was setting himself up for this. And so uh, you say, okay, God, help me. Listen, God will help you to avoid it as well. Hopefully you don't set yourself up to do it purposely, but this man did. So verse 24 comes back and says, now listen to me, my children. This sounds a lot like he started off. These are like bookends, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, and now verse 24 and verse 24 and 25. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to my words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. 
That is it. Notice the word paths, her way. You're setting yourself up not only for a an event, Alex. You're setting mm-hmm. yourself up for a habit. You're setting yourself up for a lifestyle. So here's this young man setting his future and selling it down the stream. And that's mm. isn't that what it says? Her house is the way of hell and descending yes. to the chambers of death. That is the final wow. result of choices like this, isn't it? Well, it, it really is. And oh my goodness, you know, we've said this and not trying to be like a cliche, but uh, it's been said, the reputation of a lifetime is defined by the character of a moment. But it's also been said that, uh, you know, a moment of pleasure can create a lifetime of sorrow. And, uh, Bert, uh, I got to tell you, um, going into the ministry and counseling families, and and I remember um, early in my ministry, I was still a youth pastor, and we had a man um, in our church who, uh, he was a judge and a very well-known guy, but he found out that his wife had uh, was having an affair, and he came over to our house one weeknight. It was probably 10 p.m. at night, and, and I watched this man cry a puddle of tears on our kitchen table. It was one of the hardest things that I've ever seen. And look, I already believed the Bible, and I knew a lot of Scripture, but I saw when I... And then I watched three teenage kids go pretty much a decade without having much of anything to do with their mother. But but here's the thing. I realized the destructive appetite of sin. And the thing is, sin, and Satan knows this. The the Bible says that he wants to destroy us. The Bible says he's uh, a predator that stalks about seeking whom he may devour. To Proverbs 7 and to the Andy Stanley issue, the reason the Word of God is so clear about turning away from sin and the reason that we preachers preach about the straight and narrow is because we're talking about the lives and souls of people here, aren't we? We really are. And so take these words of Solomon, keep my words, keep the commandments, treasure those commandments, verse 1, and stay on the right path. Don't stray. Don't set yourself up for the failure and the temptation. Avoid it. Go. Don't go by it. Uh, so that's the whole idea. Let me say one more thing. We're going to go to calls early. We got them some lined up all right, Alex, if you do that. But let me say sure. this. In the book in Proverbs, it shows, let me say this, the danger of immoral sins. Now, all sin is horrible, and but these immoral sins... Have you noticed how it says, uh, you, you, if you do, you're going to be burned. If you do, it's going to lead to hell. It's going to lead to death. So these immoral sins, you get a hold of it early. And I think this Proverbs 7 is setting up for the young men who are listening to us today, the young women who are listening to us today. Set your journey, your path in righteousness now. Don't say, well, I'll wait. No, start practicing it now. And those of you that have been, continue to practice that. Set your face as a flint toward Jesus Christ to please him and to live that life that he'd have you to live. I think that is the message when he says, treasure my commands and keep my commands and live. They lead to death, the death of your testimony the death of your uh, your existence, the death of a marriage, the death of relationships. Uh, he who is wise will heed this and go the way of God, Alex. Amen. Bert, well said. Very well said. And, you know, I know we've got a break uh, coming up, but we can probably yeah. start calling. You We're ready. You ready? Let's go to John in Virginia. John, are you there? I am, uh, Bert and Alex. Thank you for taking my call. I uh, love your friend. show, and uh, I, I really—I think Alex, did you have that interview with Eric Metaxas? Uh, yeah, I was with him uh, most of uh, Wednesday afternoon a week ago. Now, when that's going to air, I don't know, but um, I'm going to announce it. And by the way, I was very blessed after I was in New York last week with Eric Metaxas and got a call, Bert, that I'm going to. Well, I'll tell you about it, but um, I've got some pretty 
exciting national media interviews coming up in the month of February. And, Bert, I get to go out there and share the biblical worldview Amen. in media. Amen, but, um, Alex. John, I'll keep you all posted on that. Well, thank you. And uh, real quickly, i am uh, um, been a believer for many decades. I, I have a son uh, who's now in his 30s, but I just found out last week that since age 14 he is, has been uh, struggling with porn. And I, I found out from his beautiful Christian wife that we love dearly, our daughter-in-law, and that they have a, a, a young child. But I, just one point, I just I, as a dad or father, never assume your kids are, are free of that. I, it just uh, it just breaks my heart. And second question, uh, do you guys? I, I really treasure your wisdom uh, from the Lord. Any advice for me as a dad and how to just walk with them through this? Okay, thank you, John. Listen, if he recognizes it, you've got a. a you, you're ahead of the game some. If he is still rebellious against it and does not want help, uh, you're going to pray for him and be there for him and warn him. Uh, but if he's needing help, there's some ministries out there. Alex, Pure Life Ministries is an awesome ministries that help people. And uh, I've heard pornography as a, an addiction is one of the most difficult ones to overcome, but it can be, can it? Yeah, absolutely. And l- let me encourage him to really understand on so many levels, it's it's a wedge between he and the Lord. It's definitely an impediment to marriage. And frankly, uh, depression, um, so much, <laughs> my goodness, a waste of time, uh, even uh, impulse control in other areas. But see, that's like whether it's porn or substance abuse, sin is just never satisfied. So as a stewardship issue, as a believer, if your son's a Christian, um, really remember his body, his eyes, his mind, his time. They really belong to the Lord, not himself. And and he shouldn't waste all of those things and more on something that is so ungodly. John, that ministry, and write it down, is purelifeministries.org. Pure Life Ministries, all no no spaces between it, and Pure Life Ministries, and they are help sexual addictions, and they've been operating for over 35 years. I've known people that have gone there, and they've gotten help that is needed. So uh, I hope that helps you, John, and thank you. Thank you, brother, for being concerned about your sons. I remember what Dr. Dobson said. If you're a parent, you stay on your knees all your life for your children. And uh, I agree with that. We'll be back with more of your questions right after this break. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Alistair Begg continues our study of the nature of the church this week. Discover why every Christian has an important and unique role to play in the local church. Then find out how to identify a healthy church and learn why communion is significant. Study with us on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. 
We actually had one gentleman contact us, and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us, and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community, and this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex-attracted couple contact us, and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what, and they said, please. Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The prophet Isaiah diagnosed the condition of the rebellious nation of Judah prior to its conquest and exile by Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 59 of his book. He explained that Judah's transgression separated the nation from Yahweh. Due to Judah's sinfulness, truth had fallen in the streets. The consequences for their rejection of truth was that lawlessness abounded. Similarly, truth has been rejected in our nation. Abundant lawlessness is the consequence for a nation that has turned away from the Lord. Repentance is what is needed in our nation, starting in the church. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you beyond the Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bird and Alex with you. We're taking phone calls. we got people lined up, so we're not going to take a lot of time. But let me remind you, uh, if you want to not only hear us but see us, you can go to streaming.afa.net. That is streaming.afa.net. And uh, you can have the video or you can go to AF. You can go to Exploring the Word Facebook and see it as well. But, Alex, let's go to the phone lines. You ready, brother? Uh, let's do it. We're going to go to Texas. Sherry in Texas, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, thank you so much. First, let me just tell you guys, I love your program so much, and I love studying God's Word with you all. So thank you for what you're doing. Bless you. It's an honor to have you. Thank you for listening. Well, my question is this. I have heard God's Word several times. I've seen some incredible positive outcomes. But also, I have heard what I thought was God's Word, and I've had some trials afterwards. And so then I start questioning and saying, Lord, was that you that I heard? Or does Satan have the ability to speak to my mind and and to give me words that I can hear? Does he have that power? And so I don't think he does, but I wanted to run that by you guys, and you tell me, um, because we're going to have trials that make us grow. And I will tell you, I'm better now because of these trials, honestly. Um, But it does make me question, does Satan have that power or ability to speak words into our head? Okay, let me make one quick comment, Sherry. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. If we, if he warns us to make sure we can hear the voice of God, the possibility of hearing others. Now, what I think Satan would do more than anything else is what he did in the garden. He entered into the serpent, and the serpent mm-hmm. spoke. So much of what we do and, and get is what we hear from false teachers. Let me say that. We've talked about that today. So Alex, Satan might can do it, but he's still limited but he really will use others to put thoughts and words uh, before us, won't he? That, that's true, Sherry. You, you've got a great question. I do not believe, scripturally, I do not believe that Satan can read our mind, nor do I believe that Satan can put thoughts into our head. But I do think that um, Satan and his demons are keen observers. They kind of know where our Achilles heel is. And Bert, you remember Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not things of earth. You know, it's, I've got to say this one thing. Psychologists have identi- identified something they call Solomon's paradox. So this is a little bit appropriate that we're in Proverbs right now. But um, Solomon gave great advice 
that he himself very often didn't heed. You know, a lot of the, <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of the stuff in here that is wonderful truth, Solomon himself didn't uh, heed. And Solomon's paradox is that we give good advice to others, but very often bad advice to ourselves. And back to your question, Sherry, can Satan put thoughts in our mind? I don't think he can, but yet circumstances outside us cause us very often to think negative. You know, we we hold grudges and we nurse pains and wounds and we tell ourselves this is not going to work out and there's no hope, when in reality, most often things do work out. There always is hope. So um, I do think that we've got to be vigilant, like Philippians 4, 8, Colossians 3, 2, to maintain God's perspective, and we can uh, shield our mind as much as is possible from the, the sin and the flesh and the emotions that often conspire against us. But that's a great question. It is. Let me say this one more thing. The Word of God is a more sure word, more than anything else. Amen. The Holy Spirit using the Word of God in context to speak. That is wisdom to do that. That's the reason Proverbs 7 says, Treasure my commands within you, the commands of God. Treasure them within you, and you are equipped to fight the battle that Satan will throw at you through no matter how he comes. Mm. Uh, Jerry in Mississippi, thank you for holding. Welcome Jerry, to Exploring the Word. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Um, just in the way of a little comment, you know, you're talking about Stan, uh, Dr. Stanley. I was raised up in a church that uh, really did not talk a lot about moral issues, did not encourage us to read the Bible. Um, and so a lot of the information that I got was from the world. And in, in the years that I was raised up in the 60s was, you know, really the time when uh, everybody was telling you there really weren't any morals, you know, that it's just whatever felt good. And uh, my father was not a spiritual man, did not go to church. He was a good man. I I respected him from that point of view. But he really did not sit down and talk to me about issues uh, of this kind, of this nature. And, and, And consequently, I went out and tried what the world said, and it caused a lot of trouble. So my my encouragement today is really that pastors, um, you know, preach the word, preach it boldly, preach it like it comes out of the Bible. And for fathers, Christian fathers who know these things, to sit their boys down and talk about them openly to them, so that that they can hear it from someone that hopefully they do respect and they do uh, understand will will trust and get it in their head that you know that you know we only got one one go around in this life and you can really mess it up easy when we don't do it the right way. Thank you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Let me suggest wow. something and and Dr. Dobson again, we quote him a lot, but he really suggested and I took this suggestion with our three sons that uh we would at 12 to 13 during those years that we and now it may be earlier that you need to do that. It may have gone down to 9 and 10. But, I, uh, you know, he had some – back then they were cassette tapes. You can get them elsewhere now. But we would listen to them as we went on a road trip. And uh, we would listen to those, and they would talk about the immoral woman. They would talk about the changes that takes place in a young man's heart and his life. And so, Jerry, there not only you, there's also, I would say, there's uh, availability of other material to help you do that. But great, great word, Jerry. Amen. Well, thank you, and that's a good admonition. And fathers and sons, you know, that bonding time and that time that, uh, Dad, you want the godliness that I hope is present in your own heart and life to be imparted to your sons, and it takes prayer and it takes planning. We're going to go to Suzanne. Uh, Suzanne, are, are you in Iowa or Indiana? Forgive me. No, I'm in Iowa. Iowa, wonderful. Do you have snow? Yes, we just got some more snow. We had some the other day, and then we got some more last night. (laughs) I've been to Iowa in the winter. It can get pretty (laughs) brutal, but God bless you, Suzanne. What's your question? Well, I'm a first-time caller, um, but I've listened to you for a long, long time. And, in fact, um, I try to send money to your your uh, charathons and things. And the last time I did, I got a packet of uh, coffee in the mail and it was, uh, the coffee was named Noel. My other, my question was, 
So in Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, they rebelled against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that he had married. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it, and he was mad. And so he gave Miriam leprosy, but he didn't do anything to Aaron. And then when Aaron made the golden calf, he didn't punish him then either. I don't understand why he would only punish Miriam. Okay. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Suzanne. Uh, Let me share this with you, Alex. You've said it many times. Many times the Bible doesn't tell us everything we want to know. It tells us things that we need to know. I, I would say this, Suzanne. I'm not sure Aaron got off lightly. There, there was some, uh, if you look at down the road, some consequences. Alex, take over, though. Well, uh, you're a very astute Bible reader. Here's, here's the thing. Um, in all of the other cases, Aaron is listed first, then Miriam. But in Numbers 12.1, Miriam, interestingly, is listed first. Now, here's the thing. It says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. The verb is feminine. So the verb in a feminine iteration is in agreement with Miriam. So most scholars think two things. So why did she get leprosy on her hands and Aaron uh, didn't seem to get a reprimand? Apparently she instigated this whisper campaign against Moses. So while she might have enlisted Aaron's help, it was really her... Um, anger against Moses. The other thing was Aaron was a priest, and so if he was unclean with leprosy, now Bert, this is a little bit speculative, but he couldn't have, uh, in an unclean state like that, served as a priest. And so uh, it might seem like she got the brunt of the punishment and Aaron got off scot-free, but as a married couple, I mean, it would have been um, not pleasant for him as well, but Apparently, the bulk of the guilt was on her shoulders, and therefore the bulk of the punishment was on her. It does seem like that. But, Suzanne, thank you for supporting American Family Amen. Radio. Thank you. And thank you for listening, and thank you for calling. Amen. And thanks for uh, your participation. Michael in Florida. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Uh, yeah. Uh, love your program. Uh, thank you for all the work you do. Uh, real quick, I know uh, I know it's mentioned a few times, but especially at the end of Revelation, it talks about do not add or subtract from uh, uh, things in this book. Okay, uh, I don't care if it's Andy Stanley. Listen, I've had an issue um, with various things in my life, including uh, alcoholism. And in this day and age, everything is a disease; it's not a sin. And so that's why nothing good is coming from it, for the most part, because they're being denied the truth. If we are a new creation in Christ, then why is it still um, being called a, a disease? It's not a disease. It's called a sin. Okay. Well, Michael, thank Yes. Uh, what we need to do is we can talk about sin, I, I would say, with compassion, Alex. Uh, I heard that I've said this before about this guy two guys that were preaching on hell and a church called one of them and not the other after they heard them but the guy that preached on hell and was not called he found out the reason they didn't want him he said he preached acting like he wanted everybody to go there the other mm-hmm. guy preached the when they called preached on hell same thing but act like he didn't want anyone to go there so what we do with sin what we do with any immoral homosexuality pride we speak the truth in love as best we can. That's not doing what Andy Stanley has done and giving, quote, a pass to them and saying, okay, remain in your sin, just come on. No, we say this is what God says concerning that, and he loves you enough to help you deliver and identify yourself. The whole idea in 20, I would say the 2020s, Alex, has been identity. I, oh, yeah. I identify as, I identify with them. No, our identity is in Christ, and then those that are not Christ, they need to identify with what God has said and assigned them to be, male or female. And so the whole idea, it is an identity crisis that we're facing. Yeah. And and again, just as, as Michael said, uh, we need to be plain with it, but be plain in love, don't we? Well, and not try to justify our sin. You know, people say, I- I've done this and this, but, 
you've got to understand, I had it hard coming up. I was abused. But no, uh, we are to um, admit our sin, not try to legitimize it. Hey, in the interest of time, I want to try to get another call in. Uh, Forrest in Texas. Forrest, welcome to Explore yes. the Word. Thank you. First time caller. I really, this is actually the first time I heard of it. I happened to be driving in Texas and I, I heard you guys. I really love when you have fellowship of two brothers who are going into the Word, expositing it, and then sharing that with uh, this audience. That I, That's a tremendous blessing. You know, just to kind of follow up on what the gentleman just talked about, in 1994, a pastor came on the radio that I happened to be listening to, and he talked about hell, and he talked about sin, and he talked about the consequences of sin. And God used that man, who is John MacArthur, to be able to, to draw me to himself and save me. And if it was the weight of the conviction of sin that he used. And so if you're negating the consequences of sin and you're somehow covering over the consequences of sin— uh, that's how the Holy Spirit works in people's lives to draw them under the, to Christ. Amen. And so, Amen. Uh, but that's not what I called. But uh, I just want to sorry about that. <laughs> hey, you know, when you early you mentioned, you know, you talked about Proverbs, and then you said the treasure, right? That's how you started off with what is the treasure, and it made me think of Christ's words in Matthew six, where he talks about laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven, because where your treasures, that's where your heart's going to be. But the Word of God, it's a treasure. It's something that goes with us. It's something that the Lord uses to then work in our lives by us being able to share that treasure. And it's a treasure that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not something that the world can, can take away from us. It's something that uh, God has given us. You know, as a father of young men, um, one of the things that I really had to hone in on them was, look, Satan wants to destroy families. He wants to destroy young men. He wants to destroy witnesses. You guys need to understand that's your adversary. Amen. Amen so you need to be in a fight. And the way you do it is with this treasure that God has given you, but be very cognizant of the different techniques, the strategies that the world's going to do. And you're in a fight. And I tell them it's like tug of war. If you ever hmm. played tug of war, as soon as oh. you give up a little bit, you're lost. Forrest, yeah, thank you, man. Amen. We're, we're running close to the end. Forrest, thank you for listening and calling in. And thanks I, for being a first-time caller. Yeah, that treasure, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talked about it. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That treasure is the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when that treasure meets up with the treasure of the Word of God, Alex, you get double blessing, brother. Amen. You know, he referenced 1 Peter 5, 8. Remember, your adversary, your enemy, the devil, stalks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Bert, he's an enemy, but we're safe in Jesus, aren't we? Jesus Christ came to set us free, and that freedom really brings us into that relationship with him where he, we can put on the whole armor of God and to stand against the wiles the tactics of the devil. And we're going to be in Proverbs 8 tomorrow. So you yes. want to join us again as we go through the book of Proverbs. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.